Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Autumn morning to you here on this Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Life the Tower. On the horn, 1049. 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Jeff Howe will be along shortly. Always at his post and ready to roll is our good friend, the purveyor of all good things, Flex ATX, because after all, in the final analysis, Flex, he's Jonathan John Donaldson, Jay, Jay Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing this morning, Snoop? Good. I'm getting in hoops mode. Less. Yes. Uh, we should point out yeah. that Snoop is always, always at the trigger, ready to uh, add something or uh, correct something. We have one. There was one little minor imperfection on uh, the Flex ATX yeah. website with regard to the opponent yes. for the um, uh, for the Lano Yellow Jackets. On Thursday night, big game tomorrow night in the state quarterfinals. You're Which planning, I'm going to. You're planning to be down yeah, there at Rattler, Rattler Stadium. Stadium. Toyota Rattler Stadium. Yeah, that's right. So they're playing. They get the name branding. There you go. So they're <laughs> playing. Uh, they're playing the Edna Cowboys. And we, and we were talking about this yesterday on the show that Edna's most, most famous alum is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. Former defensive lineman, also played at North Texas, and of course went on to international fame as a WWE guy. Uh, as a wrestler, but um, Snoop, had, it, it, it didn't notice. It kind of slipped through the name you listed, Edna Dash Elsa. Yes. Uh, no, no, you no, listed as Ed, Ed Couch. Couch Edna, which is really there is a school Ed Couch Elsa. There's two communities down there, Corpus. One is Ed Couch, one is Elsa. So it's a hyphenate, Ed Couch Elsa. Snoop thought that was part of the deal because Edna is also on the Texas Gulf Coast. It's a very reasonable. Uh, mistake to make, and you you had it listed as Ed Couch Edna, and I heard Aaron Hogan say this morning. So I went and went, hey, that that's a different school. Ed Couch said they're playing Edna. He goes, well, that's what says here on the, on, oh. on Flex. So I sent a text to you and Derek Cohen because you two guys are the purveyors of the things going on there. And you said, would you say I'll own that one? Oh, yeah, I'll wear that. I'll wear one. that one. It was I'll like, wear oh. that. It's it's quite understandable. Now yeah. uh, there's a lot of yeah. There there's some folks who. May not have heard of either, or only uh, vaguely remember. Or and uh, a big one that came to mind last week was on the mixtape on the videos that I do every week on the text because you talk about making mistakes. That's proofreading is one of the toughest parts of doing mixtapes. But yeah, Coach Sanders, that. he is a detail monster, and he catches the smallest things. Oh, like all Drew th- Sanders, yeah, 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 yeah. So he helps me proofread my mixtapes every week. Good, he does. I don't know if y'all know that. That's a little bit behind the, the curtains, but uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, but he's like Snoop. He's like um, Harlan is not Harlan Jen, and it's not. Uh, but he's like it's a Harlan. He's like this Harlan H A R L A. He's like I don't think a lot of people know about this school because it's only three years old. Yeah, it's pretty new. So did you originally spell it Harlan yes. Jen like the team that lost a drip? Correct. 
Did it not cross your mind that it would be difficult well, for was, Harlingen to play two like games two, yes, in the yeah, same day yeah, in the same well, venue? This is why <laughs> well, people do not know like the pressure on these mixtapes to get them out from the time they're shot on game nights to when they drop on Tuesday morning. There is a world of things that happen in between, and that proofreading thing is one of the biggest and longest. Sure it is. So yeah. anyway, so Harlan. just so y'all know, Harlan. H-A-R-L-A-N. Yes. Remember the old Michigan running back, Harlan Huckleby? I do remember Spelled the name. Spelled the same. Sure. H-A-R-L-A-N. Harlan. Uh, that's who that's who fell to Vandegrift. Harlingen, H-A-R-L-I-N-G-E-N, which is from down in the Rio Grande Valley, is the team vanquished by Dripping Springs. Yeah. Henceforth. 45 nothing. Yeah. Henceforth, setting up the state quarterfinal big-time showdown in the greater Austin area at John Gupton Stadium on Friday night between Vandegrift and Dripping Springs, which you'll hear live not only on 1019 and AM 1260, where you uh, always hear Vandegrift Viper football, and you will hear it on 1019 and 1260, but also right here on the Horn on 1049. So it's on all three signals on Friday night. So those of you who live a little bit further south who might not be able to pick up the 1019 and AM 1260, you'll get the Horn signal there. So... And, of course, on the Horn app as well. 104.9 here on the Horn as well as 101.9 at AM 1260 for Vandegrift and Dripping Springs. How poetic for them to meet here after yeah. the first game of the season. Really, like, you talk about storylines, you don't know how a season is going to unfold. But this is definitely one of those things I'm going to look back. And it even goes deeper, Craig, because during the summer, 707, which Flex does really big, those two teams played into overtime to try to make it to the state tournament. for And, and Dripping Springs wound up going to state. And that's where Nova yep. Sod got the offer from A&M. That's true. Way back in May of 2022. So, or mm-hmm. what was it? Yeah, May. Yep. May. Back uh, some almost seven months ago. Yeah. Almost to the day seven months ago. Because today is the last day of November. Have you taken note of that? Oh, yeah, 30 days. Oh, here we go. You know the rhyme, huh? 30 days. Half September. April, no. June, and November. Very it's good. The last one. All, All the right. rest of thirty-one except February. Yep. Uh, just, okay, anyway, yeah. Those. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Today, <laughs> today being November thirtieth, it's the final day of uh, the month. But uh, as we mentioned, we have only really crested that halfway point of the Texas high school football playoffs. Uh, somebody on the Specs text line at three three seven three seven seven six is Craig. Have y- y'all had Tep on already? Yes, I had him on uh, in his. Um, you know, I had it, we had him on in uh, uh, in his regular slot, his regular slot. Um, so anyway, yes, that uh, we had him on uh, yesterday to talk about. But we'll talk some more about. It. In fact, coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll have our Whataburger top five. Uh, Snoop will run down the top five players to watch this week for the state quarterfinal round, including ties. I take it there are ties. Yes, there are always ties. Always. Ties at number five, so we'll have that. Now, <laughs> Wednesday is when we visit with Westlake Chaparral's head coach, Tony Salazar, and we will, uh, but it's going to be at 11.05. Uh, coach Salazar is in meetings this morning, and uh, and he, the, these are different kinds of meetings, the meetings about uh, with regard to playoff stuff and on down the line and everything. So uh, he contacted me this morning and said, is there any way we could do this uh, maybe in the 11 o'clock? And I said, absolutely. So we'll um, – so we'll um, uh, we'll visit with him uh, just past eleven o'clock. So we'll we'll do that. Um, all right, and then of course uh, we have uh, Longhorn notebooks both at the bottom of this hour 
And the bottom of hour number two, we have that. And, of course, the man who puts that together, my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County and a proud graduate of Florence High School. And uh, he proudly wore the purple and white 79 for the Florence Buffaloes when he was known as Highway 79. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Orange 24-7. That's Jeff Howe. How Thank you, you Craig. Portal That's what we're talking about today. Transfers. Sure. And by the way, just I want to reiterate, these are declarations that guys are going to enter the portal. It's not open for FBS players yet. So it's op- it opens on December 5th on Monday. It's just is, what we know from what players have put out there about yes, themselves. Yeah, so they're not actually in the portal yet. So in theory, you could have some guys change their mind. But I, I think – I do think there's maybe a little bit of a misconception that these guys met with Sark and then were told something. A couple of these players, we've been hearing about it for a couple of weeks now. To yeah, expect that it was going to happen, player X or player Y, that that they were going to enter the portal. So, I don't think anything took the staff by surprise, and none of these moves that went down yesterday really were to me were a surprise. And I don't think to our staff at Horns twenty four seven any of them were a surprise. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, we were just talking about the fact that 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 Edna's playing Atlanta tomorrow yeah. night, and and we talked about Stone Cold being from there. Mm-hmm. How big a Stone Cold fan were you? Were still am okay. Massive. Sorry, my bad uh, on that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, and somebody correct me. I I don't know why I said uh, Corpus. I remember Ed Calchelsa is headed down to the valley. I remember seeing that last year when I drove down to the valley to um, uh, for the uh, Longhorn baseball game. <laughs> and uh, here's what I said. Uh, 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 unfortunately, we've fallen in tough times. The past nine seasons, says Billy Joe Jim Bob. See, you're right. <laughs> Thanks for the – yeah, that's uh, that's down in the Rio Grande Valley. So so there is that. Um, and and Snoop, somebody letting you know about uh, Harlan, H-A-R-L-A-N, yes. and uh, sent, sent the big, big banner and showing that about the namesake. It was uh, named for John Marshall. Harlan, who served as Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court from 1877 to 1911. Is that a Northside ISD school? Uh, I didn't I didn't think Yes, it were. is. Yeah, because okay. North, North, here's, here's how you I can I was thinking this. Northeast. You're right. It's Northside. Northside ISD in San Antonio. Yeah. All of their high schools are named after Supreme Court justices. That's exactly right. I remember that. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. Yeah, because you just had... Uh, uh, Sotomayor High School mm-hmm. open open up recently. You got Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, yeah. John Marshall, yeah, the whole well Northern. done. Yeah, uh, Bernard Jetty says my friend's aunt dated Stone Cold at Edna High. They were making out in a parked car and got rear-ended. Her teeth bit through his lip. Ever since oh. he's kept that facial hair to hide the scar. It's a great story, whether That's, it's true or not. It's a great, a great story. story. <laughs> So, how long was it going to take before we saw this? Transfer portal? Brockermeyers, go! Uh, if they enter, it's not going to be Texas, I can tell you that much. I can say that with almost 100% confidence, that if they enter, it won't be Texas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, so there's a lot to uh, lot to get to. On Does that the- get mad at that one, Craig? Just It's a simple... A simple answer. Now we might have to record that and just have Snoop play, just it, play back it, but play the button. ninety times between now and the start of the spring semester. But just push the button. Yeah, but no, I just 
Real simple. If they go in, I, I would not expect them to end up at Texas. We all got pretty busy yesterday uh, in uh, conference calls and stuff like that and stuff going on as well. Uh, how much did, did either of you guys get to watch any of the U.S. national soccer team win their World Cup match yesterday? Did either of you the guys first get first 10 minutes, which first is scoreless and yeah. shit. I'm going to make a confession. Yeah. I have not watched one minute of World Cup soccer. Yeah. Other than the fact that where did the wife and I go that they had it on the TV? I forgot what restaurant we were at. Yeah, they had it on the TV, and that's that's all the World Cup I've watched. I'm not a I'm not a soccer guy, but I'm not going to knock anybody that is. It's just it's not my cup of tea. Well, and the the, part of the reason I asked Snoop that because Snoop's all into the high school soccer. Figured you'd be into our national team. Uh, I figured you'd be into our national team. No. No more. Well, I am. I I love America. Obviously, because most people who are not into it. It's because they're not into soccer, period, that, that aren't in it. They don't, they don't care about soccer as a sport, that it doesn't score enough, that there's not enough action, so on and so forth. So they're not into the World Cup because, because they're not you know, playing. Uh, soccer doesn't matter not, to them. Right. But clearly it matters to you when you're at the high school tournament. It's probably right? more personal. Okay. The kids, because I know that the kids and so, but soccer is very exciting to watch. I think it, it is called the beautiful game, and I'm still yep. I am still falling in love with the beautiful Who's game. That? I, I I don't I'm not yeah in, you're you're I not already, knocking anybody. See, that's look, I already got a text on the Specs text line. Haters gonna hate. Soccer is an art form. I'm not hating on soccer. No, you I didn't, you didn't hate on it. You didn't it's hate just on it. it's not my cup of tea. Yes, yeah. and I'm I'm not gonna knock it. I don't dislike anybody that likes it. It's just I I don't care for it, and that's that's that. Yeah. Is it called like a was it was the word for it a taboo? It's no, it's neither. It's neither fish nor fowl for me. Like yeah. I'm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're ambivalent indifferent. about it. Like, You're ambivalent the, about it. it. Does, yeah, it doesn't generate any feelings one way or the other for me. It's just, okay, it's there, and you can have it, but just let me have my other thing over here. You you harbor neither affinity nor ill will. Neg- yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's fair. Um, and uh, it, it was the last five minutes of the match got really crazy. And uh, and then it, and then of course they had there was an extra nine minutes plus tacked on, uh, and of course the uh, um, the the game winning what proved to be the game winning goal in the thirty eighth minute, um, Belisic uh, with the with the goal and got uh, hit in the nether regions on the deal, <laughs> and it was it, it was just kind of painful to watch it to see it. You knew it an, the the official word came down later. That it was a, um, I think it was a pubic contusion. Nice. <laughs> pubic contusion was the way it was. It reminded me when Tom Herman was coaching and he was describing Jordan Whittington's injury. And he said, and he said, uh, uh, when it, it was, it, the official medical term was pubic symphysis. Yeah. And so he just went, and it's, and, and he did this at Pluckers. And and instead of just saying a groin injury, he said 
a pubic symphysis. And when he said the word pubic, it just like reverberated around the restaurant. <laughs> pubic symphysis. I was like, pubic, pubic, pubic. I was going around and I was like, did he really have to say it that way? But he was always into the complete Right. Medical definition of the deal. That was just in keeping with how he was, no matter what the situation so was. took a shot in the pills, but he's going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like an ingrown hair thing. Well, nobody said pubic hair. They just <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a pubic issue. Oh. Okay. Oh. oh. Uh, this seems like an appropriate point to move on, and so we do that with the Whataburger Top Five. Now, it's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 players to watch. Okay. You don't want to talk about injuries to the boys, Craig? Or... Um, <laughs> Is that not a... Uh, no, let's, why don't we just move on to the top right. 5. <laughs> that can be a topic of discussion. Uh, We've yeah. all been there. Yeah. Man. That's yeah. how I won my first fight. A swift kick. Yeah. Boom. So you went Bobby Hill on it? No, that's, I, that's it was my a, purse. It was instinct. I don't know you. Instinct. That's all I did. It was over. Everybody's like, ooh, and that was it. Okay, anyway. Tell you about the time when <laughs> I was covering, covering the Texas and Colorado in the NIT quarterfinals. Yeah. And had an issue where one of them swelled up about the size of a racquetball, oh, and I was no. dry heaving on my walk back to the parking garage. Oh. oh. But continue, Snoop. We got all business right. to oh conduct. Oh, my gosh. All right, well. I'm going to chop my ties down to two so I can try to. Okay, so Granger and Lano. Y'all get to these shine at five. Granger running back DJ McClellan, their yardage leader. And Lano quarterback Briggs Gregg, uh, 2024, got 30 touchdowns. Uh, excuse me, Briggs Green, sorry. 2024, 30 touchdowns, just five picks, runs the ball. Both of those guys are in action for our smaller school chances. Craig says that they are going might have a tough time uh, after this round. So maybe Granger and Lano get the wins. Well, you'd be dealing with Mart, yeah, in the semis. So okay, it's a, it, it's it's a but it, listen, it's going to be hard enough beating a Burton team that just doesn't allow points. They won seven nothing last week. They won six nothing uh, earlier this this season. That game's in Bastrop, yes, yep. yes. Bastrop. If you're in the area, you just want to see a good high school football game. That's that's one to get to. It's yeah. Two really good small school teams. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, uh, by the way, I want to say a disclaimer. I'm not going to mention Jack Kaiser in this top five, but he is definitely the overall number one player to watch. It's ten touchdowns in three games. He's on a roll. So, okay. Number four is one of his teammates. His name is Caden Bainage. Class of 24, he plays defensive tackle for Westlake. I saw the quarterback for Brennan really was the reason why like Travis lost, not having Jacob Henry stop that. that I mean, like, it was okay. just a couple of missed quarterbacks. So, Caden Banish doesn't have gaudy numbers, but he plays defensive tackle. He's only had a high of four tackles, but he's going to be key to kind of slowing that guy down. So, okay. Caden Banish, watch for him. Okay. Number three, Jack Tindall for Dripping Springs. Nobody is saying this guy's name. He's the yardage leader for Dripping Springs. He's the only guy who has over 1,000 yards total for the team. Uh, he's a sophomore. Number 18, you know, you're going to hear Kyle Cook. You're going to hear Garen Duncan, of course, Austin Novosad. But watch for Jack Tindall uh, in the big game against uh, Vandegrift. Number two, another Westlake guy who nobody is saying his name, Nathan Blue. Over the playoffs, he's the tackle leader for the team. He is on fire. I watched him personally versus San Benito. He is a dog. Uh, okay. Number 23, Nathan Blue. Watch for him, my number two player. You're my boy, Brennan. Blue. 
And then number one, yeah, you my boy, Blue. He is. And number one, Vandergrift running back Alex Witt. Four touchdowns last game, 140 yards. He put the Vipers on his back, though. For the Marshawn Lynch, that's a, 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 a okay. So we Alex Witt number. He's at number zero on the field, but number one in the Vipers' hearts. A Vandergriff with the big twenty-point win over the Dripping Springs basketball team last night. Right? Could that be a precursor to Friday? We'll see. Waterburger top five, Alex. Witt. Very good. All right. Uh, can you give me a breaking news? Sandra? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you guys need to hear this. Westlake Chaparral's head coach, Tony Salazar, will not be able to join us at 11.05 because he's on his way to be here right now. Okay. He just he got, he got done with the meeting and said, how about I just come on? Uh, come on. <laughs> so he'll be with us here in about 10 minutes. So okay. Coach Salazar. So toward that, with that in mind, as Brad Cham used to say, armed with that information and against that backdrop, let's get to the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Be sure to check her out at bowersockteam.com. B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. Let's talk about the portal. Seven guys announced their intention to enter the transfer portal yesterday. Seven Longhorns. Craig, one thing that I noticed with the portal entries, all of these guys had been passed on the depth chart by younger guys. And with the exception of it being... We still have flex music going here. With the, <laughs> with the exception of uh, of J.D. Coffee being passed by Michael Taff, all those other guys had been passed by somebody in that 2022 recruiting class. Right. With Jameer Johnson, it was Terrence Brooks. With Prince Dorba and D.J. Harris, it was Justice Finkley. Ethan Burke, and Jamon Tapp. Uh, with Andre Carrick, it was Kelvin Banks and Cam Williams. So with Troy O'Meary, take your pick. He had really fallen behind the, behind the eight ball at wide receiver. And, and I think with Troy injuries, you know, it's, it's tough to come back from one ACL tear. You do it twice. Uh, and plus, I think the other thing, too, especially with Carrick and Troy O'Meary, those were guys in the 2020 class. That was the last full cycle for Tom Herman. I think when you look at the guys that have passed them on the depth chart, they really fit the roles they were recruited to fill with the previous staff. And this staff really doesn't have those same roles. Like with Andre Carrick, they want guys like Kelvin Banks and Cam Williams and DJ Campbell. They want big, they want large humans up front, right? The 330, 340-pound guys. That's not Andre Carrick. Steve Sarkeesian wants wide receivers that can run to daylight, guys that can get yards after the catch, guys where speed, there's a premium on speed. They don't have a lot of use for just the big-bodied X receiver that you put into the boundary and can go up and make contested catches. So I think both of those guys, and I'm glad that they found a role for Andre Carrick that was useful as the jumbo tight end, but I think both of those guys are examples of what happens when you have a coaching change. You might have fit perfectly into the previous coach's scheme, his plans, and the pre- the next staff, they might not have the same role at all for you, and you might just not necessarily fall out of favor, but just they're going to recruit the guys who fit what they do. But the one I really want to focus on for this notebook is Hudson Card. Hudson Card is going to enter the transfer portal. We're already hearing schools mentioned with him. Uh, Notre Dame has been mentioned quite a bit with Hudson Card. NC State, because Tim Beck is the offensive coordinator at NC State, has been mentioned quite a bit. Heard some UTSA buzz related to Hudson Card. So there's some schools out there for Hudson Card. But similar to when Shane Bouchelle transferred, Craig, at the end of the 2018 season, you look at what this Texas team is, and you can, again, we talked about this on Monday, you can make the determination how successful was this season, did it meet your expectations, whatever. Texas does not maximize their 2022 season. They don't get to 8-4, and four, 
and they're not playing for a potentially playing for a spot in the Big Twelve championship game in the last week of the regular season. If it's not for Hudson Card, if Hudson Card doesn't come in and win you a couple of ball games, and even the one game he lost as a starter, the Texas Tech game, he was not the reason why you lost that ball game. Nope. He, you know, yeah, he had the one interception, but if if Texas had won that game in overtime, at that point we're not talking about all the defensive issues and whatever, you know, Sark's clock management, the the failed drive, the uh, the failed drive and plus territory to start the second half. After they forced, after they forced, got the fourth down stop, got the ball in plus territory, then they were stopped on fourth down. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about that thirty second drive Hudson Card put together at the end of regulation to get them in position for Bart Auburn to hit that field goal. We're True. talking about that as one of the better one minute pressure pack drives we've seen a Texas quarterback put together in a while. I mean, it's up there mm-hmm. with any drive Sam Ellinger would have had. Just go down the list. It was a really impressive drive. So you don't get to eight and four. You don't get to where you're at where you come in at number twenty yesterday in the CFP rankings. You're ranked in both the AP poll and the coaches poll. Like I said, you had a chance to get to the Big Twelve championship game in the last weekend of the regular season. You don't do that without Hudson Card. And more often than not, we talk about it all the time. You need your backup quarterback to either start a game to get you through a game. You're going to need multiple starting caliber quarterbacks to get you through a season if you want to make that season something. You want to have something redeeming about that season. That's definitely what Texas had this year. And spinning it forward, when you look at bowl practices, this is why, if I'm Sark, I'd take maybe more than half the practices and basically make it an early version of spring ball. Get a good look at your young guys. Figure out what your spring depth chart is going to look like. Because I'll be honest, this might sound blasphemous. This might sound out of turn. If you're Malik Murphy, knowing Arch Manning is coming to campus in January, the ball practices might be your best opportunity in your career to make a statement to surge ahead and assert yourself in a competition, not even just for the backup spot, but can you put yourself in a position where you make Sark think twice and say, hey, I need to let this guy have a run at QB1. If you're Malik Murphy, that time might be right now. And with Hudson Card moving on, now you're going to get those reps sure. in in the bowl practices. So I think for a lot of these guys, for a guy like Terrence Brooks, a guy like Cam Williams with some of these guys moving on, a guy like Michael Taff at safety, even maybe a young guy like a B.J. Allen, it's going to be a really good opportunity to give yourself a springboard going into winter conditioning, going into spring practice, what you can do with these quality reps in the bowl game. So that's just something to keep in mind going forward. But uh, all those guys gave what they had to Texas, but shout-out to Hudson Card. Not easy to be the backup quarterback. Not easy to play through all the injuries he played through in his career. So shout-out to Hudson Card for his time as a Longhorn. All right, uh, there it is. That's our Longhorn notebook for this hour. We'll have another one coming up next hour. Up next, here in studio joining us. We'll visit with Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales. When we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Chad and Zay. Black. We can go if we want to. Night is young and so am I. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig White, Jeff Howe with you. Very pleased to be joining our weekly conversation and uh, glad to have back in studio. Hadn't been able to do the last couple of weeks, what with Friday, uh, the games in the holiday week, and then tar- Thursday games as well. But so glad to have uh, Coach Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparral, join us. Our weekly coaches conversation brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer. Good to see you back in the house. How are you? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good to see you. Uh, and and I know you'd had some meetings to deal with, and those wrapped up good, so we're glad you were able to uh, able to pop in. I mean, this 
everything, doesn't it? Meetings, practices, everything kind of, uh, I guess, accelerates intensity when you get to, say, now halfway point of the playoffs? Yeah, there's not too much downtime in a day right now. You know, it seems like you're going from one, one thing to the next and one meeting to the next meeting and... And all the while trying to prepare your football team, obviously, to, to get a win on on Saturday afternoon against a, a quality football team in the Brennan Bears. And so uh, we have to make the most of our time, and that's what the message has been to our kids is we don't have time in practice to, you know, to kind of sleepwalk through the first 15 minutes. We don't have time in practice to you know, not execute at any phase of it or, or let the tempo drop, and it's – uh, since the urgency, you know, we're all fighting for another day, another day to spend together as a football team and a football family. Can you? Are you even able to have to count on more than one hand? I would think not, and probably use less than five or four fingers to count the number of practices where you got that vibe, where maybe there was a little bit of sleepwalking or just not as ramped up. I mean, I have to believe it's probably not too many. No, that's not too many. Obviously, kind of every season has a little lull in it. Maybe it's after a. A big football game, you know, where you put so much effort into one of these top tier teams in our program, in our in our district, that requires so much of, of of you know your effort and intention, and maybe the next week, you know, no disrespect to anybody, but maybe the opponent isn't as quality as the previous one, and there tends to be maybe in a at a five thirty in the morning practice, you know, maybe a a sleepwalk for the first ten minutes, and, and it takes a little bit of motivation from the coaches to to get going, and and then obviously as we got to about game six or seven of the year. I really saw our senior captains and our senior leaders on our football team really just kind of take over. And, and they're the ones that, um, you know, they test and they know the pulse of our football team. When it looks like it's beating too slow, they're the ones that step up. And, and that's why, obviously, it's their football team and we're at where we're at because of them. I know, Coach, we always ask you, how are you, how are you how's your team doing from a health standpoint? But, you know, this far in, everybody's kind of beat up. How much do you have to preach to your kids and how much do they take it upon themselves to make sure – they're getting sleep, they're hydrating, they're eating right, doing all that stuff to, to keep themselves in top form by the time you get to game day. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that was part of the message on Monday morning when we first got back to work was, hey, guys, in the last three years we, we were fortunate enough to do this and win a state championship. Here's what we've learned. An unhealthy football team is going to win a state championship. Whether you want it or not, yeah. there's going to be an unhealthy football team is going to win a state championship. I said, uh, don't I'm not going to put you know all my money on it, but I would guarantee to say that there's a high probability that of the eight teams left in the Division One bracket, um, all eight of those are not playing with the same 22 starters that started the season. And obviously that's that's what happens when you have quality football teams that play at a physical fast pace. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously injuries happen, and it's obviously uh, that's why they call it a football team, not uh, you know a, a football player. It's a football team. It's the next guy has the opportunity to step up and step in those roles. We've been doing it, unfortunately, all year long. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's nothing new to us. Uh, obviously, it's uh, you always take a, you know, a small second to feel, obviously, a little sad and down for, for the kid that obviously uh, is going to be out for, for a week or for two or for the rest of the season. And, uh, but we all rally around and we pick them up. We're, we're trying to be the best teammates we can be for each other. And then it just it falls on the teammates that are next, you know, the number two, the number three, however it may be. And uh, those guys know that their teammates are count on them to come in and play at the same level the guy in front of them did. Uh, and so at our place, it's just uh, accountability and responsibility. And our kids buy into that. They understand that. And uh, if somebody goes down, it's, it is what it is. It's the next man up. And we've been doing it all year. And there's 
There's nothing in my mind that tells me these kids aren't going to re- respond that way any other way other than that for the, le- the next three games. Uh, uh, while we're on that subject, I-, I contacted you on Saturday before we went on the air with Scoreboard Live Saturday night and asked you about Jaden Greathouse, mm-hmm. and you said it wasn't nearly as difficult as you originally thought it was in, in that uh, in that he should be good to go. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's been rehabbing all week. He's got a small little kind of thing that's bothered him a little bit, and but uh, – you know, the rest has obviously helped out, and he's obviously young. The cool thing about Jaden, four years, I don't think he's ever been injured, you know. And so when he had something that just kind of didn't feel right, I think that kind of was more alarming than anything yep. to him uh, because he hasn't felt that type of, you know, that kind of pain or whatever, discomfort. Um, but obviously Cody Watkins, our athletic trainer, and our team doctor, Dr. Newt Hassan, has been doing it for so many years. Everybody around Austin knows Doc Hassan and how much he supports the Westlake Chaparrales. Those guys have – uh, you know, doing a great job of, of getting him healthy and getting him back on the field as soon as possible. Uh, how, how much also, when you get to, to this point, is a feel thing for you as a head coach and for your offensive staff, uh, whether a guy's banged up or maybe you just want to shake things up uh, performance-wise, get a little fire thing. Uh, you know, you had Skinner go back in a quarterback last week, at, at, you know, for Paxton. Uh, how much of that is done by feel when you do that as opposed to out-and-out injury? Um, I think it's all done by, um, you know, the the week of preparation. We have a good idea going into the game what we anticipate happening based on the preparation that any position group has. You know, what, in this case, you're obviously talking about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of depends. Obviously, you have a great week of practice. It gives your coaches more confidence to put you in a football game and to lead our football team to a victory. And obviously, if you don't, if there's mistakes along the way, mental errors, you know, being inaccurate with the football – things like that, then obviously, you know, then that doesn't give us most, much confidence as a coach to put you in the game and put you out there front and center to touch the ball every single play. And so that's kind of what goes into every single week, and that's that's what every coach, in, you know, in Texas does when it comes to evaluating that position. And, uh, you know, last week we felt like uh, Skinner had a great week of preparation uh, and going into it, and, and obviously we didn't uh, get the production we wanted out of our first-team offense uh, there to start the football game. So, yeah, last week was actually kind of one of those things – it was a feel in the game, but we knew going into it that there was a great week of preparation that was going to allow us, if we needed to make that change, we felt good about doing it because of the preparation that Skinner put into that week. Uh, it sounds like you are in a lockstep with so many other coaches who are not real big believers in the don't practice well, play great on game day thing. It does happen. It, right. There are some guys who are much better gamers than are, than are practice doubt. players. Right. But those are more the exception than the rule, aren't they? I think so. You know, and it's just it's confidence. Your whole football team has to feel confidence. They got to see the execution and and how practices run, and obviously the quality reps that we're getting. And so, um, you know, as coaches, we can sometimes turn a blind eye and say, "Oh, yeah, he's a gamer. I believe in him." When the game comes, he's going to make the play. But when your teammates, all right, if you don't prove that to your teammates that you can make those plays in practice, then obviously that's a harder, tougher sell. And as the head coach, I got to have the whole, obviously the, whole, the team's whole you know mental state and and, and belief in, in the leader on our football team, uh, who's going out there to take the snap every single snap. And so, um, I think right now, you know, last week, like I said, both those guys are, are performing at a high level. The cool thing is we have competition, and competition obviously makes you better at any position that we go at that we have at Westlake. And, and obviously, those guys continue to grow and develop throughout the year. And both of them are so much better now than when we started the season, no doubt. Visiting with uh, Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaperones, our weekly coaches conversation. Snoop, you have something? Yeah, coach. How do you decide who gets to kick between Eggie Barnett and last week? I saw Bravo get yeah. into the, the Super Soft, so you yeah. got a lot of kickers. 
We have three kickers that obviously have opportunities to, to kick the football for our football team. Aggie's typically our PAT uh, extra point guy, so most PATs go through Aggie first. Uh, he's probably our guy somewhere, you know, shorter field goal range, 25, 30-yard field goals is about Aggie's forte. And anything kind of past that, uh, we leave those longer field goal kicks up to Barnett. So he's, he's got a longer longer leg. I tell our kids, it's like Eggie's that guy that tees off with the three wood every single down, every, on every tee box. It's straight down the middle. It might only be 240 yards, but it's right in the middle. It's in play. And then we got Barnett coming in with his driver, and he can hit it 340 yards and drive the green, or we could put one out of bounds. So you, you have to weigh those as a coach and say, here it is. Here's what we are. And so we've kind of found that, you know, that uh, – that happy medium there of understanding the strengths of both of our kickers. And Bravo, heck, last week we lined up with two kickers on a kickoff team. I was to give our opponent something else to work on. Um, and, heck, the first time he's lined up out there, he's the kind of the decoy. He's, he's not kicking it. But he runs down the field and he makes the tackle on the kickoff. Because he wears number 53. Number 53. So he was a decoy kicker. All right, drops his hand, he's going to go kick it. The other kicker ends up kicking it, but he runs down the field and he makes the tackle inside the 20-yard line. And it was just uh, – he's a former safety back in back in his freshman year, so he knows how to tackle, and obviously he was pumped up and fired up. So those guys have a role, like I said, competition. And uh, they both know that, hey, if, if one of them's not getting it done, the other one's there and ready. And that could happen. It's the same as we talked about with the quarterback position of all of We talk about with, you know, our, our safeties and our corners. Same thing happens in our kicking room. And we, we, we're not going to put all of our eggs in one basket at Wesley High School. We're going to try to develop all of our kids in our program – we're going to try to have you know twos and threes ready to be one play away from being the guy, and obviously to this point, uh, luckily we prepared that way because we've had that's been put to test this year. Coach, uh, let's let's start talking about Brennan. Uh, Coach Bazer, I've known him for a while now, and, and he's built that thing from from the ground up. Uh, when you watch them on tape, good guy by the way, Coach Bazer. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When, when you watch them on tape, do they remind you of anybody you played this year? Maybe maybe a mixture of teams you played this year. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I think uh, skill-wise, they're, they're, they're talented, and they do some things on offense with some motions and some shifts, for, kind of similar to Bowie. Um, you know, a lot of kind of changing the strength with motion, one receiver jogging all the way across the field, you know, post-snap, you know, some hard count stuff, and then shifting to another. Sometimes we'll see three different formations before they ever snap the football. Mm-hmm. And so those things obviously cause, you know, there's, there's a challenge to that. And obviously the mental preparation in the game is really, really important this week for our kids. They're watching so much tape. They're studying so much. Uh, it's about this time, guys, in, in the playoffs every single year that we have kids and seniors on our football team that understand the 40-minute window we had to watch film during our athletic period is not enough. Yeah. And so they're coming after school to watch, or they're staying at their lunchtime and watching it on their own time at lunchtime. Or, hey, coach, te- getting a text at 8, 39 o'clock at night, hey, I got the, the DBs ready. We're ready to Zoom and watch film tonight. Coach, can you watch film with us? I mean, that, that, that uh, it awesome. warms your heart. You know? yeah, you're like, not going to say no. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to say no. And it's like when your kids live that way and they want to prepare that way, I think it speaks volumes for their buy-in you know, to, to win and their buy-in to each other. Uh, how about your impression of the DuBose brothers? Start with Ashley. Yeah, obviously. I mean, obviously there's two of them. The quarterback, for you guys that are listening and don't know, uh, there's two twin brothers. The quarterback is number eight. Uh, he's about 6'3", I'd say right around 200 pounds. And then he has a slot receiver uh, brother who's about 6'4", maybe an inch taller, maybe about five pounds lighter. Uh, but obviously they have a tremendous connection being twin brothers. And you, you see plenty of touchdown passes being thrown between the two. Um, the quarterback is actually a dual threat guy. They will run him in the run game. And obviously they, 
they use his arm out in space and with bootlegs and sprint outs to be able to get the ball to those those skilled players. They're talented in you know all their skills on both sides of the ball. Their safeties and their corners are athletic. Their receivers and running back and quarterback are athletic. Um, and then obviously their defense and offensive line they, they work well together. And so it's a complete football team. They are twelve and one. They lost the first game of the season to Steel by one point. So they're one point away from being 13-0, just like the Westlake Shaps. And when you look at the points for and the points against, they're, they're right there in the same, same ballpark as us and scoring just about the same amount of points, giving up just a, a couple more points. So it, everything that I'm showing our kids, I think, has their full attention about how good of a program all right, Coach Bazar is running down there at Brendan. And we have some history. We've played them in the playoffs you know, twice before. And so we know what they're made of. We know they're a physical bunch and, and – they got our full attention, there's no doubt. They also have a, seem to have a lot of savvy about them. I mean, it takes something to hit that fourth and 12 touchdown yeah. pass there, which was a backbreaker, obviously, uh, for Lake Travis with what they did on that drive there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we're sitting there, and we had the opportunity to stop and watch that game on the way back from, from playing our game last weekend. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, and we stopped, we played the, at Alamo Stadium, and then we got to stop in New Braunfels Canyon to see the Lake Travis game and the Brennan game. Um, you know, after our game that night, and a little cold, rainy night, and we saw that play, yeah, and it was it was a big momentum changer in the game, and to go forth, forth and whatever it was, 12 or 15, and to throw, you know, a, a tremendous strike on a double move that was pretty well defended, and uh, but obviously a good throw and a good catch sometimes beat the best defended routes, and um, they made it at the right time, and it, it's the connection between those two brothers that Obviously, it's, it's scary, and it lets you know that um, you better be you know, on top of your game. And I think eight's comfortable whenever he gets in trouble, and he knows who he's looking for, and that's number six, his brother. And so um, our hands are full, um, but uh, you know our kids have a great start to the week. We're kind of a day back in our preparation because of a Saturday schedule. Today was really only our second practice of the week. And so tomorrow will be our third, and then Friday will be like a typical Thursday for a Friday game. Uh, and then, obviously, we get on the bus and go down and travel to San Antonio and, and hopefully get after the Brennan Bears. It, it always takes a little bit of adjustment when you first make that jump right. over. You had to do it from Thursday to Friday and now Friday to Saturday. And then, uh, assuming everything goes well this week, then you're kind of in a rhythm for those last two weeks. Yeah, you know, it's our first Saturday game. And so it was a little bit of a change here to start the week. But our kids, uh, you know, enjoyed sleeping in on Monday morning. They enjoyed uh, – as coaches, we enjoy the extra time to try to get – you know, one extra film session in yesterday that we wouldn't have got before a typical first practice. So we feel like we're a little bit ahead. But obviously, when you're breaking down 13 football games of an opponent, there's a lot of offense and a lot of defense. And as a coach, you have to decipher what information do we need to get to our players. And uh, and that's tough. And obviously, like I said, I think at this point in time, these late games in the season, rounds four, five, and six – I think the mental preparation is, is so much more important than the physical preparation at this point. Uh, we know our guys can play physical. They know how to play physical. Uh, it's a matter of right knowledge of assignment, know where to get lined up, what to do, 
and obviously being able to anticipate uh, your opponent's next move. Y'all, uh, y'all stopping at the Golden Corral on the way down, or just just <laughs> you know, once you leave the well, parking lot, just just head on down. Well, we got us a Luby's about ten miles, oh, ten nice. minutes from the Alamo Dome and and downtown San Antonio. So. Everything's shaping up for the chaparrales. That's why I told the boys we get a chance to, to wear some white. Uh, we hadn't worn all white jerseys in a while, uniforms. We wore them white ti- one time early in the season. Actually, at Westlake, it's kind of the last few years you turned into we only wear all white in the playoffs. And uh, this year we've only did it one time, and we broke it out for some guys that uh, had a good football team down there in Dripping Springs hmm. about week seven. And that's the only time this year we've worn that. And so our kids are fired up about the opportunity to go out there and, and wear these uh, these all-white uniforms and, um, you know, go into a hornet's nest. You know, San, all San Antonio's going to be there, and they're going to be supporting yep. the only team, San Antonio team left. And we know that, And uh, but we're going to have all of Westlake there, and uh, we're going to have a, a bunch of kids that, uh, about 120 kids that are prepared and all bought in. And like I said, uh, if the rest of the week week's preparation is, is close to what the first couple days have been, uh, our kids are going to be, you know, wired for sound, ready to go play on Saturday afternoon. I'm impressed you found a Luby's. That's got to be a good omen. Yeah, <laughs> there's Luby's there, and, and that's really. And when you start going into talking about our different venues to play different sites, it's one of the very first things I look for. It's like, if there's a where is there a Luby's close? <laughs> all right, to along the way between our, our trek to wherever it is we're going, and so uh, everything's checking out. You know, and we get to be the first game in Saturday at the Dome, so uh, we're not in anybody's way. Nobody's in our way, and and. Uh, so it's uh, we've we've been there a time or two. We've had good luck and good fortune at the dome, uh, but uh, obviously we we're, we're playing San Antonio's best football team, and uh, uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, they're playing Austin's best football team. No doubt. Hey, appreciate you uh, dropping by again on a busy week, Tony. Thanks. All right, thanks, guys. That's Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales. We'll uh, have inconceivable coming up when we continue with light the tower on the horn. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by Avi. Inconceivable. You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, we move on to Inconceivable. Uh, I have an update for you, Snoop. You uh, were very, very curious about the word of the year for Miriam Webster. Oh, I thought this was going to be about COVID anal swabs. No. Snoop's favorite topic nope, on the show. Never. No, nope, nope, none of that. No. No. <laughs> no, this is an update on the word gaslighting. Yes. Because remember yesterday we said... That Merriam-Webster's word of the year is gaslighting. So the the they chose gaslighting, which it defines as the act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage, as the top word of 2022 because it's become the favored word for the perception of deception. By the way, that's a band playing in Austin next week is perception of deception. But anyway, it's cool, um, man. Uh, it's it's gaslighting, as they say, is usually more complex than an off-the-cuff lie, and it's more nefarious as well. Gaslighting someone and believing that they're wrong is often part of a larger plan. So you say, why did it get that term? Why the word gaslight? Why did? Well, it goes back to a, a Broadway play and a film, Gaslight that itself was a remake of an original film from 1944, but it was the 1944 film, Gaslight, where a nefarious man attempts to trick his new wife into thinking she's losing her mind, in part by telling her that the gaslights in their home, which dim when he's in the attic doing dastardly deeds, are not fading at all. So he's got her 
There's a no. There's nothing wrong with the lights here. Remind me again how they came up with the word of the year. Is it like through search or? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it has to be a ubiquitous term, as they say. So uh, uh, it's and and they say gaslighting is an extremely effective form of emotional abuse. So. Yeah, that's that's how it is. They, they had other commonly searched words like Omicron and Queen Consort, which reflect specific events or episodes. But gaslighting refers to a phenomenon that isn't fleeting, but rather an ingrained part of our lives. All right. Because Snoop would tell you he's probably been gaslit before. Yeah, it's lit. Yeah, it's lit. Okay. It's um, gaslit. Okay. Uh, what about being ghosted, Snoop? That ever happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. A time or two? I am, yeah. Lots of ghosting. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, how much ghosting have you done in your day? I don't go, uh, I don't know. Well, I wouldn't be in a position to ghost. Like, if I'm interested in someone, <laughs> I'm not going to ghost them. Uh, speaking of being ghosted. Um, Makes you a good man, Snoop. Uh, thank uh, you. A man named Jerome Kennedy. Nope. <laughs> Kennedy. Oh, Jerome Kennedy. <laughs> Kennedy. And his neighbor, awesome. uh, and his wife, Ashley Kennedy. Um, Ashley Kersey? No. Um, Kennedy. John uh, Kersey passed away in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so Jerome and Ashley Kennedy were hearing noises in their house. That old thing, you start hearing noises in the attic and things like that. Especially Jerome Kennedy. Sleeping one day, he heard str- 